Hello, everyone. My name is Ariane Zucker, and welcome to Everything from A to Z. I am a positivity advocate. My joy in life is to share with people how to become their own hero for their own audience. And by their audience, or your audience, I mean every human has the power to be a hero within their own family, community, and workplace. So with everything from A to Z, we will cover the multitude of ways you can discover your hero. In my experience, people will hear things differently from different mentors. It's just a matter of how or who vibes with your vibrations. So buckle in, start your engines, and get ready to experience a new road to becoming your very own hero. My next guest is someone I've known for quite some time. Okay, who am I kidding? I've known my whole life. Yes, it's my brother, Todd Zucker. Well, my big brother, my older brother, Todd Zucker. (laughs) He has been a hero in my life since I can remember. He's helped me form my sense of humor. He taught me how to be one of the guys. We share our love for Mel Brooks films together. We laugh hysterically out loud all the time. He is a huge fan of sports, mainly baseball, but in his daily life, he truly is an incredible hero and mentor. My brother has been in the education system for 22 years. He has written a science fiction book called Sentinels of Atlantis, which is available on Amazon for $9.99, but he truly is one of my best friends. So... Without further ado, as you all know, I love to say, let's welcome my brother, Todd Zucker. Hello, my sister. How are you? Good, good, good. Big brother. How are you? Good to hear from you. Yes. Yeah, doing wonderful. (laughs) Good, good, good. Uh, So we're recording on the podcast, but I can edit anything. So... If we have a blurb or a burp or a fart or a... <laughs> oh, good. Good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love this. Mo- most, yeah. most excellent. Yeah. Most excellent. Yeah. Uh, I like those. I like those built-in safety factors. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be adding this to the, uh, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so how's your day? Uh, it's been it's been good. It's uh, learning the world of being a virtual uh, middle school principal is I'm finding I really miss being on campus because I think I'm busier virtually than I am uh, dealing with the kids. Oh, my gosh, I bet. Uh, you know, my my Izzy teacher had I don't know what happened today, but there was a little bit of a communication glitch with the Zoom. And of course, you know, Izzy is a good student, so she's stressing. Right. I can't connect. And meanwhile, I'm in a Zoom meeting myself at nine o'clock. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, uh, you know, so you try to pardon yourself, or at least there's enough people on there you can kind of yeah. get away with it. But um, yes. And then it turned out not until 922 uh, did she get, you know, the right link in. And we were just like, oh, forget it. <laughs> we'll catch up Monday. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to admit, having my big brother on. Uh, my podcast makes me a little nervous. I'm schwitzing just a little bit because, you know, you, you're perfect for um, for this letter 
that we're about to uh, jump into, which is H for hero, because you have always been, you know, a hero of mine, a mentor of mine, practically my parent. Uh, and, you know, we've just, as most siblings do, you, you have your up and downs in youth, but as adults, we've just been so close and it's such a beautiful relationship. And I hope that you and I can encourage our listeners or viewers, if you do have siblings, I mean, you can't always help your relationships, but if it's something you can mend or, you know, reach out to your siblings and just share your, you know, uh, relationship with them or your love or your, I don't know, communication with each other. I think, I hope we do that in this one. Well, I, I think that'd be a great goal because one of the fortunes of my life is to be able to have the the relationship we do because it has been uh, over the years, uh, definitely a valuable part of, of my life and certainly uh, my family's life. So I, I, I am so thankful that uh, we do have the relationship we do. Yeah. Yes, me too. You know, <laughs> and don't be giving up any details from when I was younger. Okay. <laughs> there, there, there was, I didn't sign any non-disclosure uh, agreements Darn before it. this. <laughs> okay. My fans are going to be like, really? I didn't know that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been sharing that I've made some mistakes along the way. So, um, you know, uh, yes, but I know the details of those. Mistakes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, but um, I think one of my favorite parts about you is your love for sports uh, and your love for sports and also how you balanced my life with the sort of, um, okay, I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way, but I couldn't be one of the guys, yeah. you know, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not a very, I'm feminine, um, but I'm also like, I'm, I'm athletic, I guess, but I, I have a lot uh, uh, to thank for you. But um, I, w I, I want you to share just sort of your, you know, your knowledge and your experience and um, and sort of how you became this hero and this amazing mentor uh, for your love of sports and especially baseball. Sports has always been a big part of my life. Uh, I could throw a baseball, I think, and and swing a bat before I could walk. I just have always loved the game, and then my love of football, and and it grew into the other sports, basketball and hockey. And um, the thing that I loved most about it was the camaraderie amongst my my friends and my teammates in little league. And I I remember you know getting up early uh, Saturday mornings. I already had my little league uniform over my chair, ready to go get breakfast, get on the bike, go to the, the ballpark and hang out with my friends and play a game I loved. And in that, I learned about teamwork, uh, learned about relying on others, uh, learned about, you know, how to get along with maybe teammates that we didn't always see eye to eye on things, but you still had to work together to, for the common good of the team. And I just, I learned so many valuable life lessons through that. And, and I was fortunate to have some phenomenal uh, coaches as my mentors and really helped shape, you know, how to, to work with and deal with people when you're helping them and, and understanding how important those role models can be for uh, young kids as they're growing up. You know, how do you, you know, if you were, if you were to talk to young kids, which I'm, I'm sure you've had plenty of conversations being, you know, what, what you've actually chosen to do for a living, but to, to help those young 
you know, young kids becoming, you know, young men and women about how do you open your mind up and your heart up to a role model? Because, you know, they're always, they're always in that age range where they're like, I know everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of times what you're going to find is those kids who say they know everything. It's, it's, it's a defense because they have things going on in their lives that they don't really um, want to acknowledge consciously um, or they understand that they're not in a good situation at home. And, and sometimes the, school or or the uh, the ball field is the is the place they go to get away from those you know i i've been an educator for you know almost 30 years i've coached at the high school level for you know 25 plus years been an I mean, athletic director uh, a school principal now and i i have found so many kids that i have coached over the years who really had rough goes of it in their in their families and in their personal life and so by providing a safe environment and a place that they could go and just you you have to build that trust and rapport so many of them don't have that trust in an adult at home and I, and i've always been very cognizant of making sure that my athletes that i work with understand that i am here to help i'm not going to push things on you unless they want to open up and have conversations but that trust um it it's a huge, huge component because so many kids don't have that opportunity in their home life. When you allow one kid an option in their life to make a change and see something that um, that's bigger than where they think they can go, and then they dive into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be that's got to feel pretty amazing because you've been teaching for so long or in administration for so long and. How many kids have you seen just go through this great transition? A, a lot. You know, fortunately, there's been um, a lot of kids that I've, I've been able to work with over the years who have made positive turns, um, who have seen that, you know what? Yeah, their life was, was rough and it was going down one path and things may not be the way that it, it is for their friends' lives in their house, but if they persevere and they can at least have someone to confide in and someone they can trust uh, that will at least give them sound advice. Um, they've been willing to, to, to try different things and, and, and move past those difficulties. Um, and, and, but the, again, part of that, that rapport, part of that relationship is you have to stick by them too. And sometimes they're going to fall and sometimes they're going to make a decision that is not, the direction you want to see them go and you have to support them. You got to help pick them up, dust them off and and get them back out there. Um, And when they, when they fail and then they realize they failed, but you're still there supporting them. That's when you make the biggest connection and that's where you see the biggest change. And that's what I've really tried to do with my players, uh, with, with students um, who have, you know, had a rough go of it and and kids that we've worked with over the years, you know, with, with their heart as you were talking, it reminded me, um, you know, about your, your days is like your trial and errors, uh, working towards your baseball career. And I don't know, would you, you know, be willing to touch upon that sort of all the the ups and downs you went through, through that time of your life? Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, it was funny. I, I feel like, um, I had some really good moments growing up and, and had some great days on the field. And then, I realized there was times where um, either I wasn't as good as I thought I was and I had to work a lot harder. Um, eye-opening experiences. And I remember watching the 
first day of college athletes out there playing, thinking to myself, holy crap, those guys are good. You know, and you realize you have to work so much harder to, to compete, but, um, and you do that. And then I, you know, I had, uh, uh, the fortune of, of getting looked at by, uh, by professional baseball. And, and then I got hurt uh, in a car accident and, and that kind of, that ended things for me, that, that side of it. But, the failure of not fulfilling what I thought was my dream at the time of playing baseball actually turned into, you know, it took a little bit of course and a lot of and life experience, but that, that, uh, and I don't really call it a failure, but my failure to achieve that dream turned into positives in, in so many other directions. And I feel like um, it put me in positions to be a better serve as a better role for others um, who, who needed a, you know, a lot. So I don't know. Um, my, my failures helped really grow to the point. And heck, I still fail. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to keep my students educated while they're at home, uh, giving us, you know, putting out assignments that really don't count for anything right now, but just to keep their academic mind going. A lot of them aren't doing it. I feel like I'm failing as a principal, but we're going to learn and we're going to build from this and do better. So it really taught me how to, um, take things that I had one, a vision of how things would work one way, they didn't happen. And so how to, how to change that over and be successful in another area. Um, the game of baseball, while I got a chance to play it was awesome. I, I, I even went on to play, uh, you know, just semi-pro and an adult league baseball, just to go out and throw the ball around and swing the bat. And, and I still love the game and, and the game will always be there for me in that capacity, but it taught me so much more about life. Um, and so I've always appreciated that, even though it is a game and I always tell all my players, this, <laughs> it is a game predicated on failure. You know, I mean, it's the old adage. If you, if you, uh, if you get three out of 10 questions right on a test, you fail it. But if you get three hits out of 10 at bats in baseball, you are a, a good hitter. And so, you know, you get used to, you, you learn those valuable lessons. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm starting to learn that our failures, if we want to call them that, are really our lessons, mm -hmm. you know, to just flip it to the positive is like, okay, another lesson learned. It didn't work, but you know, oh, it, you know, what's that quote from our favorite movie, National uh, Treasure? <laughs> <laughs> you know, about, got to go to prison. <laughs> somebody's got to go to prison, but maybe not that one. Um, but just you know, uh, it took Edison two thousand times how not to make a light bulb. Oh yeah, yep. It uh, and I love that line. It's true. Um, I was in a virtual meeting this morning with uh, my science teachers because we're adopting a new science curriculum, and one of the things I told them is I said we've got to help our students. And the great thing with science, you definitely learn how to fail an experiment, but if they understand that's part of the learning process, um, they're going to accept it. I, I feel like we've created this generation of kids who, if they don't like the way things are going, they, they're looking for that reset button. And there's no reset button in life like that. You've got to work through it and you got to be able to overcome adversity. And I think we have not done a great job in our society getting kids to understand that and and I, I feel like, you know, that's what I love about sports. I loved about with football, too, is, boy, you learn how to overcome adversity when you're when you're trying to compete. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. And, and there's, 
it's so hard to get uh, our youth to understand and we'll, we'll just go with our kids, you know, to understand because they have no frame of reference. It really just is the life that they're in right now. Mm -hmm. with, they really can't experience much. They've got rules. They've got school. They've got they're underage. You know, you can't really live your life yet. And thank goodness they can't because, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. be the Lord of the uh, Lord of the Flies all over again. But um, but it is it's a it's a test to, to parents and to teachers to figure out how to um, navigate their frustrations. Yeah. Um, Cause that is a, that is a whole learning education uh, itself for adults. Yes, it is. And I, you know, I encounter a lot of parents through the course of the school year and I understand where a lot, you know, a lot of our students get frustrated so easily because th their parents are kind of in that same mode. And I, unfortunately, I feel like that we have gone to this angry side of things. You know, we're going to solve things. We're going to let, we're going to yell. We're going to, you know, post on social media and become a keyboard warrior. And if, you know, I don't like what you're doing or the decision you made, you know, we're just going to type up uh, whatever we can to, to make you look bad. And, and which is, I mean, I really, that part, I don't care. My, my concern is that you're not setting a good example for truly how to, to solve problems in, in, a, in, a, in a productive manner. You know, yeah, anybody can go. You can yell at somebody. You can type something on social media about somebody. But in the end, what are you really accomplishing? And are you setting an example for uh, your, your own child? of how this is, you know, this is how you should be interacting with adults. And, and that's where I think as a society, we have not done our kids a great service by getting them into social media as early as we have, because they're not mature enough to handle. It. I mean, I, I deal with, I spent the majority of my career with high schoolers. I'm now working with middle school age kids. And I don't think our society has any idea what we are doing to our kids by giving them access to the things that we do. And, um, it's the easy thing to do. Hey, gosh, kid bored, you know, get out of my hair, go, go on your phone or go on your game. But, um, parents would be shocked if they got a chance to truly see the world that their uh, kids are exposed to. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I got parent controls on Izzy's phone, but that doesn't mean she can't find a way to get access. Oh, that's, you know, yeah. worse. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, so I know that I have time limits and things like that. And I do everything I can for, but still it's uh, the wild, wild west out there for, for kids. And um, even though you think we all think, Oh, our, my child wouldn't do that. Next thing you know, you know, something happens and maybe yeah. not to all, but I mean, you see a, a lot of things on social media happening with these, um, oh God, these strange, what was that blue whale or some things oh, that, that kids were following yeah. and then they end up, you know, doing, hurting themselves and you just go, Whoa, how did that get so out of control? And even when it comes to like, who follows you on TikTok when you're 10, yep. you're like, well, not that I, Izzy doesn't have this problem. I'm just sharing. She's hurt. So she's, you know, as I talk to her, like the, I've, I'm in a, I use mine for a business platform. You know, anybody who responds, you know, uh, I, I, for the most part, all I really see is the kind responses because I, that's probably all I look at because my mind, I train my mind to ignore the other stuff. Yeah. Um, and you really have to do, you have to teach yourself that because, you know, it's so easy 
to, like you said, these, uh, would you say keyboard warriors? I love that. (laughs) It's so easy for someone to say something um, negative against you behind their phone. Yep. But I would love to see somebody say that to my face. Look me in the eye. If you you have a problem or you don't like the decision I made or you don't like the fact I suspended your kid because they screwed up. Look me in the eye and tell me why you're upset. And then I'll tell you right back, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. But, you know, if you are going to go to your computer, your phone or whatever it is, and then you want to type out your stuff because you think, you know, it's easier for you then, then, then how valid really is your, is your issue, is your, is your mm-hmm. problem with me? Um, and, you know, and, and many of them are, I mean, they're in the, under the misguided perception that I actually care what they say because I don't. Another great, a great uh, thing I learned in, in sports, you just tune, tune all that white noise out. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and there's fair communication, you know, if, and I think that's so important. I think that, you know, it's so respected, like, especially if, uh, if you know, since we're on the topic of, you know, being a parent and, um, and my daughter's having an issue and I, go, I can make this personal just because I've gone through it is I go, well, let's go sit down with the teacher and have a, a, a conversation and figure out where she's coming mm-hmm. from. Because instead of being so against the other way, like, oh, you know, my kid's not getting it, it's your fault. Yeah. How about, wait, wait, hang on. Let's make sure we have great communication with this person. And, you, and then you sit down and you go, oh my goodness. Now I, I, you, you form a relationship, good or bad, whatever it is, however it is. But at least you took the time to do everything you can to make the situation positive. And that's where I always come from. And then now it's, it's, it's a to- totally different situation. We have a positive relationship with the teachers instead of a negative. Well, and that's what I deal with a lot is I'll come in, parents come in with this accusatory tone as if my teachers are, are plotting against their kid. You know, they see 30 kids, 30 plus kids a class. And I always tell them, my teachers don't have time to plot against your student. And most of the time there's a miscommunication from, you know, shockingly, a middle school kid doesn't relay information properly to their parent. Who to thunk? Um, and so we yeah. sit down, we work it out and the teacher explains their side and the parent totally understands we work it out. And, and that's how you, you know, use civilly work things out. And I, I just, I think we're losing that as a society. You know, I'm hoping the one of the good byproducts of this pandemic is that we're, we're going to, we learn to at least appreciate each other more and, and go back to treating each other a little bit more civilly, um, because that that's how you lose a society is by just being angry all the time. You know, somebody, okay. Now again, this, the disclaimer is except in driving, but beyond (laughs) that, um, you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta treat people right. And, you know, when you're living through a pandemic like this, you know, you don't know who is going to get it and, and who's going to not do well through it. And um, so I'm hoping we learn some civility through this uh as, yeah, as we go through absolutely absolutely and um and it goes back to really you know as i th- this whole um reason i started these podcasts is to stop and not react and then assess your situation and and go from there because it's so important to slow yourself down because we we have become a quick fix society yep. um it's, it's and we want it instant yep. Instant. Yeah. And so, um, to sort of, you know, I love that this is a total segue, but like how some states that still have drive through drive in theaters mm-hmm. are coming back. It's such a different, 
you know, it's such a different time for us. You spend time with your family and you slow down and you put your phone down and you, you know, you go outside and you take a walk with your kids because there's nothing else to do. You can't, we, everything's closed. Right. So your, your, your life comes back to portions of, you know, when we did, weren't so technologically savvy that brings life back to where it should be. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I'm thankful. I'm a technological dinosaur. I just, I, I try to minimize my, my footprint in the digital world. Just, it's just, I like being, you know, you remember growing up. I mean, mom would get frustrated because I was out till all hours that, you know, riding the bikes, hiking, shooting, you know, shooting Eric or Greg with the BB guns. I mean, you know, good old fashioned fun. <laughs> We were always outside doing stuff. So, so during something like this, it's, it hasn't been hard for us to adapt to, to doing right. things that aren't involving technology. Um, well, I, I told Sean, I go, Hey, we're actors. We're used to being home. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. used to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, I know you're on letter H and you're talking about heroes. I, I can, tell you this the the biggest hero for kids really are their their parents if if done right i mean you as a parent i don't think people realize that once you make the decision to have a kid or you find out you're having a, a child the the responsibility that you have now taken on and it's not just caring for them by feeding them and giving them a roof over their head you're shaping their life and you are you are going to turn out a human being into society that's going to be a reflection of how you've raised them and how you've interacted with them and, and what you've shown them as an adult and as a mentor. Because whether you want to be or not, you're going to be a mentor for that kid. And you can be their hero or you can you know, be a complete detriment to them if you don't show them the things that they need and, and give treat them the way that one would expect to, to treat a human, a fellow human being, um, and, and provide them, you know, kids will never admit it, but they crave boundaries. You know, that my, my students that don't have any boundaries at home that are, that are running amok at all hours of the night, they're the ones that are consistently in my office. And honestly, they're the ones that I actually have a heart for that I'm trying to be a mentor for because they don't have anything else. And I know if I, if, we're like that last line of defense. And if we can't help them, they're, they're going into the world and they're going to be, you know, unfortunately future people that are going to be in our penal system and they're going to be, you know, potentially hurting others with their actions because they just don't know any better. And so I, I work really hard with so many of our parents to say, Hey, you know, we've got to work with your child here to help them become good civilized adults. And that's one thing I really enjoyed about going from high school to middle school. I feel like we've had a better, a better opportunity to help these kids earlier so that they don't yeah. form those lifelong habits that could take them in the wrong direction. And that's why I was really glad when, with Arrowheart, when we, we, we were doing it to work with those younger age kids um, because I just felt the impact would be much greater at that younger age. And which is still, you know, we're, we're still moving. We're still shaking with, uh, as many of you know, uh, or don't know, my brother and I, Todd here, co uh, co-founded Arrowheart Adventure Camps, um, which has just been a big, it's still running, it's still moving. And um, you'll have to check out daytimecares.com because we're doing more uh, during COVID-19 um, to help, you know, teens and reach out to teenagers uh, uh, to um, emotionally be there. Uh, for any any teenager who who might need it, so 
You'll have to check us and out. And I can tell you firsthand, sis, I mean, this is from the front lines, okay? So you you will not get a, a more realistic view since I'm, I'm on the front lines with this every day. We have so many kids just in my school alone, and, in, and I know within my school district, that are struggling uh, with this with this quarantine. They're struggling being at home. They're struggling with that separation. Um, they're you know they already had anxiety before this happened. It's just it's huge right now. So our counselors and uh, we're doing the best we can to try to at least stay in touch with them via Google Classroom and and you know different types of venues like that so that we can help them at least have another voice or uh, voice or somebody to communicate with because they are struggling during this. And so that reach out, that outreach program is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's very vital. And you know what, whether someone uses it or not, it's yep. there because um, it is because you've been, you know, such a role model for so long. I think it's really important getting outside yourself and asking for help and putting your ego away. And it's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest, it's a hard to do in, even in our generation that we grew up in asking for help because our parents had a hard time doing it. So you learn and you have to unlearn those things right. that your parents teach you, you know? So there's those things that I'm sure you battle with as well as old school mentalities of, you know, um, of the way, uh, parents were raised by their parents. Well, even myself, I mean, I, I still battle. There's, there's times where, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a situation to me, I'm thinking, come on, toughen up buttercup. But I know that that is not, not the way that yeah. I, that needs to be approached it, just because the way I brought up, you know, I mean, you know, you get hurt, you work through it, you know, I mean, that's, dad, I broke his leg. He still went to work the next day with a full cast. I mean, you know, that's just, that's how you go. And, uh, yeah. Could you like reiterate, reiterate that story, that please? That I, I broke my father's <laughs> ankle in three spots because he, for the, my entire growing up kept saying that the day that I can take him is the day I could do what I want. And we, I was up from uh, college. Uh, it was around Halloween and I was getting ready to, uh, well, it, it was actually Halloween. was on Halloween, wasn't it? I remember. And I know I was yeah. going out, uh, going out with, uh, with the boys and dad wanted to know he was going to get some dinner. You know, he was cooking that night, meaning he was going to go pick up some food. And I couldn't yeah. decide between Carl's Jr. or Taco Bell, I think was the two I was, uh, was it McDonald's? It was McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's and Taco Bell. Cause I think we uh, ended up with McDonald's. Well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. either way. I was the I was the outside watching. All I know happened, so. is that he did the <laughs> fake fun little push thing, and I pushed back a little bit harder, and then he pushed back, and we started wrestling. And I it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. fun. It was just because that's just yeah. what we did. And then I just remember our legs on it got kind of intertwined. We went down, and I thought I I heard I thought I ripped my pants. I was ticked off because yeah, I was getting ready to go out that night and. I look down and I'm fine. I, my pants are fine. And then I just remember standing up and just looking down at dad. And he just had that grimace on his face as, <laughs> as he's kind of holding his leg. And he's like, I think you broke my fucking ankle. <laughs> and you want to know the amazing thing about somebody who, you know, our dad came from, he kind of went up and down. Um, my, my, gran or my grandmother married several times. And so he kind of went, you know, couple different lifestyles, but mostly grew up with not a lot of money. So, you know, my dad messed around for a, a lot growing up, but he ended up, 
you know, figuring out how to work really hard in his life. And Todd broke his ankle in three different places and he had to wear a cast up to his hip, one straight leg. And our dad is a plumber. So you can imagine what it was like for him having to go out with that cast all the way up to his hip um, and still working. And I just, again, I find that amazing, an amazing quality in a person who still has that just drive to go, you know what? I'm not going to let a broken leg stop me from the things that I need to do to provide for my family. And I just love that. I love that was, you know, that kind of, um, ethic work ethic was instilled in us. And that's how I am. I'm like, okay, so I'm not working right now. How else can I help provide yeah. for my family? Yeah. And you know, and that's kind of how I've, I've carried things over. And that's why sometimes, you know, when I see some of the things my students are upset about, I, I, I fight that inner and it's like, man, come on, man, you got to get over that. Cause that's just not the society we live in right now. And you, you have to be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. Not that I, and believe me, you know me, I am not the soft hearted, let's, you know, rainbows and unicorns types. I mean, I'm like, pull your bootstraps up and let's go. But I'm going to be right next to you to help you get through this. No. And that's, I think that is a, it's a, you know, it's a fine line. It's like being in the military, like that's way extreme, right? That's just, you, you, yeah. you can do it or you can't. Yep. <laughs> um, so there's a fine line between, you know, especially with, with kids that don't have a lot of experience or they are going through certain things in their life, which most of yep. us do. Most of us just don't feel understood mm-hmm. by adults. Right. And, and so, um, having that extra guidance, but with discipline is, woo, it's the, I just, it's the best thing. Um, you know, and I, I have a big heart and part of that's the way you're born, your soul and big into that. I feel like that's, uh, you know, who we are as people, um, uh, when we're born defines a lot of us as as we get older. And then we just like take on our parents' um, personalities. And then as you become an adult, it's our job to kind of undo all that, you know, but um, it's hard to teach somebody that when they're in the middle of whatever it is they're going through. Well, and there's so many underlying things that, that go on that makes up a person and their personality and who they are. And, you know, when, when you're dealing with them, you just, uh, you, you don't know those things, of course. And that's why it's just, it's important to, especially if you're an adult dealing with either your own child or working with somebody else, it's just, it's so important to, to keep those things in mind and help them. I mean, I know there's been several times in my coaching career where I've had players who have had just bad, you know, whether bad divorces with their parents, the parents are fighting. And, you know, I've had a player that was kicked out of his house and ended up staying with, uh, with Shonda and me for three, three days because he had no place to live. Um, I mean, you just, there's so many circumstances and, and to be able to put yourself out there and help them out, even for just a short period of time, it, it carries with them for a lifetime. I mean, probably for me as a coach and even as a a teacher and administrator, I think the the thing that I value the most over time is that reconnection I get from uh, either a former player of mine or a former student who, you know, to me, I felt like I was not doing a whole lot for him. I was just trying to help him in a situation or whatnot. But to me, I didn't think I was, you know, making this huge difference for him. And come to find out years later how much it meant that you know, just that little bit of time I was able to invest in them made a huge difference for them at that moment in time. And I think one of the things we need to remember is that at any particular moment in time, even just a smile can change the the course of, of another person's life just by how we 
interact and deal with them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That just reminds me, I, my, uh, I had two, two teachers that were really positive influences. I mean, that was my third grade teacher, Miss Went. Hi, Miss Went. And, um, and, um, uh, seventh grade, uh, teacher, health teacher, uh, Miss Kniest. And I, it's like, I, I'll just never forget how kind and how good and how patient they were with me. Um, and you know, I was kind of like flighty and, you know, uh, <laughs> we, that's a kind um, word for it. Flighty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't even uh, get, this but, is the part you know, where we I, renegotiate my contract. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, how much do I pay yeah. you to stay quiet? I want I want you to double my current fee, so, fee, so zero will be great. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it, a lot of that came from you know I love my mom. She, she came with a temper, and I've shared this a couple times. And again, all comes from you know her life growing up, and sort of I was such an introvert. And I just was so, I didn't know how to express myself when I was younger. And so the, you know, the horses was, thank God I had those. And I'm grateful for, you know, our parents being able to, well, yeah. afford it, yeah. quotes. <laughs> um, yeah, but it did give me, um, that kept me out of trouble. Oh, it gave me drive as, you know, an athlete, even though I'm on, I'm on the horse, but we share it together, you know, and, and competing and it really you know, I, I value that so much because um, those were my friends. The animals were my friends. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a ton of friends like you did. We were totally opposite. And that was one of those things where with you, I would look up to you because I couldn't believe like how many people loved you when I was growing up. I'm like, how do you do that? How do I, I want to be like him? How do, but then, you know, it takes a lot to go. Well, you're totally different personality. Because I you, paid him in baseball cards. I was yeah. giving I, I gave him the good ones <laughs> yeah, exactly. and the bubble the the stale bubble gum stick. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, big league. The, the truth big is now too. out. I really really they really didn't like me. They liked yes. what I was giving them. Yeah, now, yeah. You know, it's funny too, because awesome. uh early on and for folks who don't know, I, I'm I'm five years, well, five and a half years older. And so when you were young, you're just kind of more of a pest to me. You're kind of in the in the way is <laughs> Especially if I had to yeah. watch you uh, instead of being able to go out and roam the neighborhood with uh, with the boys. Um, with your friends. But uh, yeah. the the funny part of that is, I think um, you know, once I was uh, in college, almost out of college, and you were out of high school. I think that's you know when our relationship just it just changed, and and you know some of it was situational, but just you you mature and you realize how fortunate I realized how fortunate I was to have somebody who you know we came from the same place. And I got nobody else in the world yep. who came from that same place. And, and it, it is yeah. a, a special uh, bond that I feel like we, we've had over the years and, I, and the friendship that has come with that. And, you know, it, it matters. And those relationships that, that you have uh, within your own life, they are special. And how you handle them are, are huge because, you know, there's always going to be good good times and bad times. And it's real easy to do, have a great time during the good times. It, it's what happens in the difficult times and how you handle those situations that are, are really, those are life defining. And those are things I really try to help working with my, my students and my own children um, with that. We, 
we just can't take for granted those relationships and we need to, to foster them. And sometimes it takes flexibility and, and some giving, which, you know, that was not a strength of mine early on. So, you know, you, you, you learn, yeah. you have to learn how to do that. And if you do, you can definitely, your life becomes more fulfilling and, and you definitely um, can make a better, a better mark on other people. And, you know, my God, I, every day I just try to figure out how I can, you know, be more supportive of my staff, my students, my family, and, and just do be a better person because I, I feel like in my position now, I do. I, I have over a thousand students in my school. I've got, you know. You have a huge yeah. amount of responsibility for people's really their, the shaping of <laughs> where they're going. In their and lives, this, this pandemic, incredible. I have realized that I, uh, I, I have, a, I do have a huge responsibility because a lot of my staff, they, I mean, none of us have ever been through this, but, but they need somebody to be able to say, Hey, you know, what are we doing? And, and just somebody to make some decisions and, and be there to support them. And so I've become a, the 24, 24, seven principal. And I, I'm glad I can be there for them because you know, it, it is difficult. You just, you don't know what this is going to bring, what the next, are we going to, you know, go, go to school next year? You know, does it, are, but that's what makes a great leader because that's what we need. Because in some degree, we all are followers, but we can lead within our yeah. own communities. And I think that if you are a great leader for your teachers, then they get to go be great leaders for their kids. And it just is, it, it's just this ripple effect. I, I think it's so important that you do that. And it's so wonderful to, I, I would imagine, I hope we get, a lot of teachers listening because I think, I don't know if everybody has that, but just to know that, well, my gosh, what you do for a living, you should be paid like a neurosurgeon yeah. because it is, it's just, and in, unfortunately it's state run and what are you going to do? But unless you're at a private school, but it's just, it's so important. And I, uh, I, I know that I'm appreciative of people and teachers like you. And, and, and I do want to give like one you. plug for, for the teaching profession in, in this, you know, I know a lot of people say, Oh, you know, teachers, they get all this time off. I, I want just folks to understand. They have no idea the, the professional development stuff that goes on when they're not actually teaching a class, how many hours they put in. I mean, I get emails from teachers, you know, 10, 10 30 at night asking questions. They're, they're upgrading, they're doing work. We are beholden to the state and the taxpayer and I'm always telling my staff, we have to respect the taxpayer. So during this pandemic, we are going to be working and we are going to put out a quality product for students to try to you know, minimize that gap that's going to occur that they would have, you know, they, they would have had this knowledge had this thing not happened. So we're going to put out a quality product and we're going to respect the taxpayers and, 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 the, and what they're doing for us. But I just want folks to know that uh, teachers work hard. They put in a lot of work. And, and, you know, you think about it, I think a lot of people are realizing it's not, it may not be the teacher's problem with, with their kids. I mean, you know, kids are rambunctious. And when you're dealing with other mm. people's children, it is very stressful. I, I always, I think summer break is more for the teachers than the kids because they, they, they need to be able to reset and re-energize. Um, but they put, they work hard. And um, I, I, appreciate my staff so greatly and my number one goal is to protect them and to make things as smooth as i can for them so they can do their job and do it well because in the end they are there with the kids they're the ones that are making that difference and it's it is a very it's a challenging profession but i i i'm blessed i have 
I came into a great situation with a great staff and I just want to keep them going. It's so wonderful for you to say, I appreciate that so much and appreciate you. And I do want to share one more thing that my, uh, my big brother wrote a book on top of all the other amazing things you do. Um, and uh, I would love for you to explain now. My, my brother's a great writer, so I have to give you this oh, plug. The shameless plug moment. I'll take it. I will, I will tell you, I appreciate that. Yes, yes. So, uh, so I uh, wrote a book um, with the help of uh, my, my wife's uncle. Um, he was my, my science uh, director in this just to make sure I didn't totally screw things up. But um, it's called Sentinels of Atlantis. And it, it is a uh, story that it ends up taking place in modern day. And it's just a different spin on Atlantis and the legend and what happened with it. And I try to incorporate some, I mean, it's definitely a science fiction um, and fantasy novel. Uh, I'm just about finished with the second book, The Heir of Atlantis, but it has a, a modern day protagonist um, guy by the name of Drake Mallory, who finds out that Atlantis still actually exists beside and it created a subcontinent under the, under the uh, Atlantic and kind of goes into some you know, palace intrigue and, and what, what not. So it's, it's been a fun book. The first one was fun to write. The second one's actually a lot more fun and I'm, I'm almost done writing it. It's just, I get a little sidetracked between uh, teaching, uh, administrating, coaching. So I gotta, I gotta bear down and get this thing done, but it, uh, it should be out by this summer. Um, so the air H E I R cause the, uh, the new hero will be the uh, prince who Drake Mallory rescues from uh, the evil clutches of his mean, bad uncle. Um, and uh, he, uh, he's got to get back into Atlantis because he, there are some health reasons that he needs to be in Atlantis to continue his survival. And it's just their adventure of getting they, the first adventure they had to escape from Atlantis. Now they're, they have to get back in and, and how that story goes and, so it's uh, it's been a fun book. It's uh, Sentinels of Atlantis, uh, $9.99 on Amazon. So check it out. Um, Ooh, yes. And, um, and we are going to make this a movie. So anybody out there who uh, reads the book and goes, wow, what a yep. great movie, let us know. The screenplay is getting yep. written right now. <laughs> or it's written. I'm not yeah. sure which one it is, but thank That's you, right. Sean Christian. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Sean Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, but it's a, like I said, it's a wonderful book and, um, and I'll put this on the podcast too, so they can link up right to it and they can just go ahead and buy it. It's a fun story. I think you guys will enjoy it, especially, you know, I got, uh, I'm a, a, uh, practicing history teacher. I love history, especially ancient history. So I did got to tie in my Greek mythology with some, with a modern day spin. Um, so hopefully, uh, you guys will read it and enjoy it. Oh, I think all of us sci-fi nerds, uh, including myself, you know, that's what's what we're looking for. Um, and uh, I do just want to thank you, Todd. Oh, <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for really your honesty, um, because first and foremost, it's another great H. Uh, it is um, on on just sort of the 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 reality that you deal with and how we can better ourselves as people. Uh, and um, and just communicating with each, with each other and um, being heroes on a daily basis. So I love you for that. Thank right, you so much. You're very welcome. If I can just leave one final message for everybody that 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 heroes oh, yes. fail, and that failure makes them 
makes them better in the long run. And so whatever you have going on in your lives, whatever is out there and you're experiencing a tough time or a failed time, I promise you, you, you learn from it and, and it, it gets better. And then that will allow you to be a hero to, to somebody else. And if we continue to build a society of heroes, we'll be where we want to be. Absolutely. Ah, so love wonderful. You too, sis. I love you. I'm just going to say That's it. Right. I'm just going to say it out loud. I'm unashamed um, <laughs> to say it too. I love you, sis. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to some good chat with me and my big brother, Todd Zucker. That's it for this episode of Everything from A to Z. And if you're interested in asking Todd any questions uh, or myself, please email me at uh, everythingfromatoz at arianzucker.com. <laughs>